this is Short Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. Weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. And I'm your host, Patrick. And tonight, folks, you just got me tonight. Um, yeah, Randy and, uh, and Justin are off tonight. They're getting ready for Armed Forces Day 3, which is a tournament that's happening this weekend. And, uh, you know, they got some other life stuff that's happening. And, hey, you know, we got to give people a break uh, every once in a while. I, I, I get it, man. Sometimes life gets in the way of this awesome hobby that we have. Uh, so you're just going to have to settle for me. That's it. I hope that's good enough. Um, so, yes, uh, we are just uh, days away from the start of Armed Forces Day 3, and we really can't be more excited that, uh, that, we're, that we were blessed to have this third year of this, uh, this awesome tournament. I mean, amongst everything going on, COVID and all these other tournaments that have been canceled and unfortunately canceled. I want to say that right off the bat. I, but, you know, we, we seem to be small enough and rambunctious enough and, you know, tenacious enough that we were able to um, make it through uh, this COVID pandemic. So, you know, my thoughts and, and go out to all those awesome other tournaments and TO organizers, uh, tournament organizers that, uh, that couldn't make it through it. And uh, you know what? Hope you're back better and stronger next year and, and we'll make sure that uh, at least I know I'll be part of it uh, and, and do whatever we can here in Grimdark Live to help you guys out so but yeah so we are just uh, we are three days away uh, or so uh, about um, just days away I'll put it that way from the start of Armed Forces Day 3 and, and as I said we can't be more excited about uh, this awesome tournament that's going to be underway and, and a real special shout out to all of our sponsors and folks who have helped this tournament because without you guys it wouldn't have been possible at all. And that's GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory 3D Printing, Mini Stomp, Six Squared Studios, and it appears to be Creature Caster. So we're still working on that, but you know what? Um, uh, we, we, we think something's going to materialize with those guys. Uh, but you know something? Uh, we recently just had Six Squared Studios on the show, and uh, their, uh, th- their support uh, that they've already given us and the support that's still coming in from them is just unbelievable. Um, today, as a matter of fact, uh, we received uh, prize support for ministomp.com and, and I gotta tell you um, I'm completely blown away by the awesome support that uh, we've gotten from both of those organizations and you know obviously uh, ministomp.com uh, you know really kind of came in at the last minute they hustled they put it together Six Squared Studios was always there from the beginning telling us we we're gonna help you out and you know something um, Frag Factory 3D Printing you know those guys are, have, have been a huge supporter and part of the show f- since really we started and uh, John over there uh, that runs that little company uh, is putting out some great, uh, great items. And, you know, for anybody that's familiar with, with Armed Forces Day 3, uh, we have the famous Orc Head. That's the big, you know, Orc Head that we, that we play for every year in, in some of the, uh, the side objectives and uh, scenarios. And, you know, we're bringing the Orc Head back, man, for the third year. So I can't, uh, I can't thank um, uh, Frag Factory 3D Printing for that as well. But, you know, really, without the support of GameStorm to actually host and have uh, the tournament in, you know, we, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be having it. So, um, again, uh, 
thank you all uh, for everything that you've done and, and all the participants. And, you know, uh, folks, uh, get out there and get your support from these awesome vendors uh, as they are, you know, awesome, awesome, awesome companies and people. And, again, uh, the companies that are helping Armed Forces Day 3 be possible are the ones you need to buy all of your gaming wares from. And, again, that's uh, GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory, 3D Printing, Ministop.com, Six Squared Studios, and creature casters so get out there and support those uh those awesome companies you know as a side note uh we had a great show last week with kevin jacoby of six squared studios uh he is truly an awesome person on this earth and really a credit to this community um head back over there and and check out this this conversation from last week after today's show of course please <laughs> um and uh Folks, tonight's live portion of the show will be slightly abridged, uh, as there are you know many things still to be done ahead of Armed Forces Day tournament. But I can assure you, uh, you'll all want to stick around for everything uh, in its entirety in tonight's show, as we have a real treat in store for everybody. Um, many of you uh, out there may remember um, uh, the original unlocking guy in, in the community who went by the moniker and name MC1 Gamer. Uh, before there was 2 Plus Tough, Doom and Darkness, Warhammer Weekly, I think maybe Mr. Mephisto does these as well, I'm not sure, uh, or, or the many, many other folks and, and likes uh, doing unlocking videos. Uh, this was the original guy doing them, uh, MC1 Gamer. Um, and, and all of the aforementioned content creators are, are awesome in their own right don't get me wrong and and all of the um, all of those folks their content is just incredible I'm a huge fan of all of them and it's just my opinion uh, MC1 gamer uh, has or was uh, the best in the unlocking of, of the armies um, you know MC1 gamer has been away from the stage if you will I guess the best way to put it for for a long time and um, I guess for a couple of years now or so um, and here later in the show uh, we have an interview from 2017 that was a, a real good one and, and let me tell you Anytime you get a chance to listen to MC1 Gamer, uh, you should. You, you really, really should. Um, so please stay tuned for that. And, and, and coming up here later in the show, the live portion of the show, um, we are also going to be getting into the news as we normally do, Rumor Engine and all that other kind of good stuff. So before all that, before everything coming up, uh, we will be... Uh, uh, we will be right back, but um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, folks, uh, there, there's there's so much uh, to talk about uh, here later in the show, just between the news and the rumor engine, that I think you guys are in for a real treat. In addition to this awesome look back at this great um, interview we've done with um, MC1 Gamer, so we'll be right back. Hey. Grimdark Goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. All right, we are back with the uh, with the news, and you know we actually got um, we got quite a bit uh, to go through in the news tonight. I think uh, I think uh, I was actually kind of surprised. You know the um, the first portion of the news obviously is the rumor engine. Now I know that you guys have probably seen this uh, floating around. I mean, it, it, to me, it looks like a rusty old halibut, um, possibly more death. Uh, Steve, you're out there listening, buddy. Vampires could be it. 
um, or shadow elves. I mean, dark elves like the old Black Guard. I mean, this kind of looks reminiscent of something to, to that nature. But but I strongly think uh, in this one, I don't I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I think Undead. You know, maybe the rumored uh, quest game. You know, it reminds me a, a bit of the old Warhammer quest expansion. You know, the Catacombs of Terror, possibly. Uh, they had uh, undead guardians uh, with, uh, with, with you know, the big pole axes, so maybe it's, um, it's, it's something like that. Um, so we're definitely going to have to see what, um, what's transpiring there. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. Let us know what you think down in the comments below, what you guys think uh, um, that possibly uh, could be. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking definitely it's going to be uh, – I hope it's vampires. I really do because I think, uh, as you've, you've heard us talk about on the show here previously, that – I think um, Legions of Nagash, I personally think, is going to kind of give way to a Soul Blight book. I would really like to see the vampires, you know, kind of step out on their own and kind of be their own faction and army. So we'll have to see if that really takes place and transpires. But uh, um, if it does, that's going to be that's going to be awesome. But uh, moving on, we got uh, we got more stuff in the news. We got Blood Bowl. Uh, this one was kind of a kind of a pleasant um, pleasant surprise, I guess, in the best way. I mean, I, I kind of had mixed emotions about this one, but I, I really love um, how much character uh, these these uh, these these new Blood Bowl 2020. I guess second second edition Blood Bowl. I guess they have. Um, if, if, if that picture on the cover, I guess we just had up there on the screen is, is supposed to be a savage orc, then he looks entirely too armored, I guess, uh, looks a lot, a lot more like black orcs to me, but, um, I really like what they're, what they're doing with blood bowl and readdressing it up and bringing it back out. I mean, I, I don't get a chance to play the game very much, but I got to tell you what they're doing with these miniatures in the game itself coming out and really the community involvement. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, I, I've always been, it's kind of funny, I back on back on the show I was really wrong about Warcry. I said, you know, Warcry was going to be one of these shows that or one of these uh, games that was going to be kind of a flash, you know, in the pan of fad gone bad and I'm so happy that I was wrong about Warcry. But I've always and I've started to play Warcry now incidentally. But I've always been a fan of Blood Bowl and very rarely if ever play it. I think I've played one game if you want to, if you want to know the truth and I don't even own an army for it. But I do like those halflings though. Those halflings um that they have are are great. So yeah, Blood Bowl, uh, second season edition, you know, the Blood Bowl 2020 is out. So this looks to be uh, a good thing in the works here. And I think that's going to draw a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of folks uh, to that uh, game. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a try and be a little more uh, uh, sincere about it. But moving on, we got the Lumineth Realm Lords back in the news again. Um, you know, it's funny because um, the FAQ for the Lumineth and the General's Handbook just dropped. I mean, the General's Handbook 2020 and the Lumineth Realm Lord Battle Tome are updated with an FAQ. I wonder why GW waited so long. <laughs> I mean, um, so as expected, uh, Altharian uh, for the Lumineth Realm Lords is no longer a wizard. Uh, I think this is a good thing, uh, being, you know, that with this army, you know, and, and a lot of this seems the, the subsequent armies that have come out in the past with GW, you know, being the most magical of all magic type armies is uh, nowadays kind of, I would think, a terrible way to define a Warhammer race anyway. And, uh, and it led to GW seemingly in Age of Sigmar, in my opinion, constantly having new armies trying to one up the other one in, in magic output. And I get what you're thinking. When, uh, you know, I, I state that, uh, you know, the most magical army types, you know, what do you mean by that? Why do I make that kind of a comment? Um, and uh, and I know it seems like a weird claim when there's Zeech, you know, the god of magic out there. But 
what I was getting at was was back in the day, um, armies were defined more individually and, and not in a race to be the most deathliest uh, or, or have that character that's the most you know, according to my plan, you know, only to be replaced in, in the next battle tome, the newer battle tome, by yet another character or another magic ilk army. You know, rinse, repeat. Uh, so I, I like this type of nerf, uh, if, if you can call it that. So I like the fact that Altharian is, is no longer a, um, a wizard. And, and I thought overall the, you know, the uh, some of the other FAQs were kind of, uh, they were kind of vanilla to me. They really didn't, uh, I didn't really think much about them. I don't think they really impacted um my my gameplay or or even this tournament of course you know i know at armed forces day we're not going to be uh really uh honoring uh these most recent faqs because lists were already in uh back on the 31st of july but i i think um i think the faq here is good i'm i just i kind of had to snicker because it you know the the, the luminoth realm lords were, were barely cold out of the box you know i mean they were they were barely warm in everybody's sweaty palms by the time that um they came out with this this FAQ, so hence why I said I, I wonder why you know GW waited so long, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we have right there with the uh, with the Lumineth and the FAQ in the news, and of course, coming up we've got uh, we've got Armed Forces Day that's going to be happening uh, this weekend, um, and you know I, I, I again I, I this wouldn't be possible without so much uh, awesome support not only from the community and the competitors but also the the, the companies that are going to be backing us up and this is going to be our third year for this 100% charity event to support our active duty troops you know Armed Forces Day will be held this weekend as I said August 8th and 9th and you can head over to GrimdarkLive.com to check out more information on this tournament um, Armed Forces Day 2020 is going to be a two-day Age of Sigmar event where each player will bring 2,000 points of an army comprised from the most recent General's Handbook and AOS rule set uh, minus the FAQ. Uh, and uh, this event will be a 1v1 five-game two-day tournament to provide donations to our active duty troops. We're also going to be supporting the Montford Point Marine Association Chapter 2. And what this is, this is going to be a separate raffle to support this historic African-American Southside Chicago Montford Point Marine Chapter. You know, after a half a century of being home to those first African-American Marines who settled in Chicago after the war in 1946, the chapter faces looming debt with the potential for closure. And we're just going to make sure that uh, those those honorable men and women uh, don't see that happen. And, of course, Armed Forces Day 3 wouldn't be possible without our support from GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory, 3D Printing, Ministomp.com, Six Squared Studios, and potentially Creature Caster. So more to come on that one. Um, so we got a lot of... Um a lot of good stuff coming up, and and you know I I, I got I can't I can't thank everybody enough for participating in the Grimdark Live experience every week. You know, getting your nerd on with us every Thursday, and for supporting Armed Forces Day for what this tournament is. Uh, not only for you know the competitors. You know, I I think this tournament means a lot to folks. You know, coming out of this COVID lockdown, they're actually going to get out and roll some dice, and you know, and and roll some dice for a good cause, and that's really what Armed Forces Day is um, is all about. So, uh, folks, uh, coming up here on the other side of the break, uh, we have a great interview with uh, with MC1 Gamer. So, stick around. Hey, gang! I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week. 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40k, 
and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, we are back uh, after that, uh, that that quick little brief uh, uh, ad, I guess. <laughs> so here it is, folks. We got the interview with Mitch Cohen, aka MC1 Gamer. That's right around the corner. And and folks, as I mentioned before in the news, or before the news, I should say, uh, we we have a great interview with MC1 Gamer, aka Mitch Cohen. Uh, back then, I referred to him as the Ayatollah of Dicerola because uh, his unlocking videos were, at the time, a, a source of so much great information and army-building creativity that uh, for what the game was then, these videos were, were a must. You know, MC1 Gamer had a real personable take to these um, unlocking videos, to his approach to these unlocking videos. And it was almost like you were just sitting there on a bar stool talking to your buddy Mitch about Warhammer armies. And it was great because there was not glitz or panache to the videos, uh, but the content and passion he had for those for those armies and the reviews that he did for them, those units and characters, uh, were just were just awesome. And as a side note, uh, I, I think it was was Mitch that coined the phrase "unlocking" when it came to breaking down and looking at different Warhammer armies. Um, you know, there's a lot of great. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great. Uh, video, you know, content creators uh, and, and video casters out there uh, doing what MC1 Gamer started. You know, he really made the unlocking an art form and, and was kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the godfather of, of the unlocking videos. Um, and, and I think other folks uh, do a fine job. Um, but to me, there's just something nostalgia about uh, the way Mitch did them. Uh, you, as I said, you kind of just felt like you were hanging out with a buddy um, talking about Warhammer Armies. Um, I'll leave a link below to his channel uh, in the event that you want to watch some great unlocking videos. As I said, he's been away from, from, from the game or the stage for about a year or two, maybe a little more. And um, I'm sure, you know, he'll be back. Uh, I know that he's, he's still active in, in the hobby and, and, and playing, so I know that uh, he's still out there. But um, I, think, I think you guys are in for a treat. This is, uh, this is one of the, uh, the better... Um, interviews that we did here and, and it was it was early on in, in the grimdark uh, uh, world so please sit back not a lot of video content but you know what get those armies out paint those armies you know if, if you're getting ready for armed forces day paint get ready listen to a great interview uh, with uh, with MC1 gamers so folks without further ado please sit back and relax as we take you back to a great interview with Mitch Cohen aka MC1 gamer wait wait a minute there's something wrong here. What is happening? Get ready, Grimdark goons, to time travel back in time to a Grimdark Live show segment from the past. The, the past? 
a segment from a show back in time. Get ready, Grimdark Goons. Here we go. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Sean. What do you hear? What do you say this week, bud? Uh, we got a lot of Tyranid stuff. I hope you've been doing your part because I've been doing my part too. Yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, I've, I've been, uh, I've been busy, man. We got, we got a lot of stuff happening. We're going to talk about those nids for sure. We've got uh, some unlocking armies. We're going to touch into that. We got a very special guest with us today. We're going to talk about some of the boxed games. You know, we're going to look back at some of the games that have come out and uh, up until uh, today and what's what's coming out uh, here in the next uh, couple of days and uh, some Tyranid. Uh, uh, Codex. We're going to dive a little bit into that. I want to kind of get into some of the the rumors since you brought that up. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of divulge into a little bit of uh, building an army for for tabletop battle. You know, kind of some of the philosophies behind that. I think uh, between yourself and our and our guest, uh, we'll be able to kind of decipher that a little bit. Um, the rumor engine and and the question of the day. But uh, but today we have a great guest with us. Uh, our guest today is uh, Mitch Cohen, uh, better known as uh, in the community as MC One Gamer. Uh, and is the, the man behind many, many unlocking videos that I and, and I'm sure all of you have come to enjoy and look forward to. Uh, so, Mitch, thank you very much for uh, for being on the show today. Well, thank you for the invite. It's always a pleasure. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you at the uh, last at the uh, most recent Adepticon as well. And uh, I'm, I'm really appreciate the invite. No, I'd say we're honored that you're with us. And I got to tell you, as far as going back to Adepticon uh, 2017, I was never so honored to get my butt kicked. Uh, <laughs> it's in that first game of the championship. Absolutely. I, 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 hope, I hope it was a soft landing. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was. So do you, uh, so let me ask you a question. Do you play, I mean, obviously you play Age of Sigmar very, very well. Um, but do you also play 40K or, or do you prefer one over the other? You know, I, I just actually I just got together with a friend of mine this past weekend so that we could get our kids together to play a um, a tabletop role playing game, and I credit him as the person. I, I, I when I say credit, I mean I blame him as the person who got me into table into uh, war gaming, and nice. uh, that's that's both a, a blessing and a curse. And he first got me involved into 40k back in the um, in in the early days of of Warhammer. Um, so I'm a gray hair. I don't know if you guys can see my uh, ugly mug here. I mentioned this off air. I've got a, I've got, I've got a face for radio. So um, I, I, got a, <laughs> I got a little bit of gray on my head, but little is there uh, still. And uh, so I've, I've gone back a while. Yeah, I played 40K. I love, love 40K. But um, it, it, the, the, the game, I, I took a break from tabletop board gaming for about a decade. And okay. I haven't taken the dive in, but I'm getting a lot of pressure to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, a, I'm a neophyte myself. Sean, my co-host here, you know, he's, uh, he's kind of a, an, an old, he's got long in the tooth. I won't say he's an old guy because, you know, compared to you and me, Mitch, you know, you, know, you and I, we've got, we've got autographed copies of the Bible. That, that's how old we are. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but uh, but he's he's the uh, he's the senior guy I think here when it comes to forty k. So I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of that. But but thank you very much uh, for for being on the show today. We appreciate your time and support, and really look forward to hearing about what you do and and how you do it and and who you are. So uh, we're gonna get into it. So folks, um, don't forget to join us on our Facebook page at uh, Grimdark Live, and and you can always get us at Twitter at Nobbler G. Uh, but without further ado, Sean, let's get rolling here, man. We got uh, we got some Warhammer. What do we got? Uh, we got bugs, nids, lots and lots of nids. Yeah, we do. We we are definitely going to get into that. That's uh, that's something I think we're gonna we're gonna tuck away. Let's uh, let's 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 tee off the uh, the show a little bit here with uh, with some of our our guest topics. Sure. Um, so let's get into it. We we 
we've got a guest, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the unlocking armies. You know, for many of you listening, you may have already uh, know our guest from his unlocking video series, uh, which he, he breaks down different armies or, or factions in the Sigmar world. Uh, some of his more recent unlockings uh, were uh, Slanesh, uh, Beast Claw Raiders, and, and Skaven, just to kind of pick a couple off the top of my head. Um, and I'll post those links to those videos uh, in, in the show comments, and, and I encourage all of you to check them out. Uh, and, and, and all of his unlockings, as, as Mitch does a great, great job with these with these reviews and is quite a staple in the community. Uh, so, Mitch, thanks again for, for being with us today. Uh, my pleasure. And thank you for the nice compliment. I appreciate that. No, no. It's a, it, if it's the truth, it, it's impossible to be a compliment. Well, but, you, can, uh, you, you can lie a little, too. I wouldn't mind that if it's positive. Uh, you know what? Then, then you're my kind of guy. I'll tell the <laughs> truth if I got to lie to do it. <laughs> So, so Mitch, you know, I came across your your videos at first when when AOS first broke, going back two plus years ago. Um, you were you were taking each of the compendium armies and breaking them down, and and I immediately thought, what a unique idea, and and how cool is this? Uh, and it really is an original idea and a great part of, of of the hobby. And and had you done these unlocking videos prior to AOS? Um, I did a little bit. What what happened was is. Uh, when I got back into wargaming, um, I was lurking for quite a while. Uh, a lot of it is revolves around the fact that um, when you know my son's gotten a little bit older, so I had a little bit more time, and uh, I also wanted to I wanted to get him into these hobbies too because I had so much fun with it when I was doing it um, back before I got married and 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 we had uh, we had my son. So um, when I started lurking and watching all of the YouTube videos that were out there battle reports, analysis. There's a number of the usual suspects that are still obviously around. Some of them have faded away and moved on, but there's still quite a few of them that are still making uh, making good quality videos and still you know, keeping that torch lit. And the more I watched, the more I commented, the more I was thinking, you know, I could, I could do this um, and it would be fun. Uh, I, I wanna give advice to everybody who's doing what you guys are doing and I, and I love it. I love seeing more people come into the scene, more people add to the content, maybe try things in a different way, absolutely. Um, even if it's retreading on things that other people have done, maybe giving your own little twist. But I always say, uh, give it a try, go ahead and do it. You can do this. There's nothing special about what I've done other than the fact that I just decided to get a, a, a webcam, uh, make my, put out a channel, get a microphone and talk. And uh, anybody can do it uh, uh, if you have the interest, if you have the passion, for this or any other hobby, and, and and it brings you pleasure to do that. Just one thing I just say: don't don't try to make a business model out of it because you'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I would definitely say don't. I would never undercut you because uh, the thing is, is that or, you know, I I think I think you're being very modest, but your your content is original. I mean, no no one is out there doing doing what you're doing. I mean, you know, there's an old saying that says, you know, if if, if bitching and gaming were were a commodity item, you could bottle it and make a billion dollars. And so you got people out there that had that are throwing their opinions around, but you actually you know, grind it down and you almost add an art form to the science. And that's what I always thought was pretty, pretty cool about it. And honestly, like I told you before, part of my motivation for doing this, Mitch, is, is you, you know, uh, I, you know, seeing what you do and, and, you know, it, it, um, I think that uh, it, it, it gives us motivation, but speaking of that, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated to continue doing that? Um, well, you, you got to find the time, of course, but uh, um, the, I think it's, it, if you're that interested in, in these types of hobbies, uh, whether it's Warhammer or any other gaming system, um, you're, it, it shouldn't be too hard to be motivated. I mean, every time I see a new release, every time I see a new box set, um, every time I see a new aesthetic, a new piece of art, 
um, it kind of pulls me. You know, that, that's all well, with the new, um, you know, you guys mentioned that you were going to be talking about like the new Tyranids. I played Tyranids when they first were released. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I had, I had a massive army. I, I, I sold all my armies back in those days, and I actually uh, put a down payment on a ring and and, and a car. <laughs> I had a lot of armies, and they were—I can't even imagine what they'd be worth today. Um, but I did play Tyranids. But every time I see like the like the new like the new 40k, uh, the version of 40k that came out, I see Necromunda. It brings back memories of the games that I played, and some of the games that I continue to play even till today. I still play a little Necromunda, but obviously it's the old school. I'm looking forward to the new one. I played Mordheim. Um, yeah. Oh, and, Mordheim. I oh, love yeah. that. Oh, I so my miss favorite. that game. Sh and, Sean right now is probably vomiting in his garbage can because I've been, oh, I've been like complaining me. about well, I've been complaining about no no Mordheim for the longest time. All these other board games are coming out. Sean, Sorry about Sean. That, Sean. Sean <laughs> are you are you a fan of Mordheim or are you just getting sick of hearing <laughs> hearing him talk about it? I never really played it. Uh I liked Warmaster and I liked uh Gothic. Those are my two games that I played that were you know the offshoot special disc games i i appreciate war master so much the uh the fantasy and the 40k version the epic version i love seeing massive battles yeah, um I agree. but i i still get the pull to the to the squad level and and you know even you know a couple of layers up but when you see full armies <laughs> there's just something about it <laughs> yeah you know and and kind of you know, not not to not to jump off that topic, but to kind of stick with this one here. You know, I can tell from some of your videos, which you know you you appear to be more enthused to talk on, or or you know maybe the army uh, that you're unlocking, you you like maybe more than others. And and like for instance, uh, I just went back and I listened to your Beast Claw Raiders unlocking video that you did almost a year ago, and and uh, or the Skaven one that you just recently did with uh, Vince Ventrella. Um, and, and I can tell those particular armies have a, have an interest for you personally, you know, so, so my question is, you know, do you, do you ever find yourself unlocking an army, which maybe you're not particularly enthused with and, and, and seems to be kind of a, a chore, I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, that does happen. Now, I guess, I guess after you've done enough of these and I've done several hundred of these, you start realizing that you're, you know, you're playing to the audience a little bit and, and, and not to be disingenuous. Um, but you want to be positive because there's going to be people out there that this is their favorite army. So if I'm not in fully enthused about the army as much as maybe it's an army that I want to play, um, I don't want to be a negative person where I'm dissuading somebody out there who might be interested in the aesthetic, who might be interested in the play style. I don't want to be negative and, and bring them down, especially if they are a player who has the army and really is interested. Not that That's not the role that I have. I'll bring out my opinions and I'll be critical about things, but I don't. I don't want to suppress somebody else's fun, and that's that's not my my job uh, or my intention. And um, and I would. Ha I, I've listened to people's videos at at some point, and I hear negative stuff because they think they, they, they hate the way an army looks or yeah. you know they hate the way it plays and maybe the army isn't even as a top tier competitive army but to somebody out there and i'm sure there's a segment out there i mean if the army sell they sell there's people paying, putting money out there yeah. they're having a great time with that stuff well i gotta so, tell you yeah. i mean I've, I've been playing beastmen since they were before they were an actual when they were beasts of chaos before they were actually an army so Trust me, I, I I know what it's like to to play the drudge of the of the game. You know, I know what it's like to play that army that no one else uh, gives a gives a a hoot about. So, well, you know, you know what really makes me happy is is playing an army that maybe I'm not interested in, or maybe I don't know enough about, and getting pleasantly shocked at how oh, somebody who really knows it and plays it well understands the whatever synergies there are or the mechanics of it. 
um, and put, and really gives me a run. And I and, and it turns out to be some of the funnest games. I try to spread around and, and play different armies I've, uh, just to get that experience because I don't care how good you are in this in any one game system. Uh, all that there's a lot of information that leaks out the other ear. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you and you know we can we can we can uh, at another time another place we can talk about because I've always loved, loved to ask the question and and you know uh, gotten the answer from someone of of what makes the army is it the is it the general or the army itself? But that's a that's a whole nother oh, whole yeah. nother question. So oh, great, another show. <laughs> what is the research involved? I guess for prepping for these unlockings, and have there been any real tough ones in terms of information gathering or understanding uh, what you've had to unlock uh, that you can recall? Sure, um, you know, a lot of it stems from uh, from the origins of why I got into doing this. So, uh, I, I mean, this, this might be a whole long monologue here, um, but I, I, you know, I, there is there is pre there's prep time. Typically, when I do these unlockings, um, I, I'll I'll find somebody who's passionate about that army, who knows that army, who plays that army, who I see maybe have put out battle reports or they've seen them in a tournament, or I just see them on on um, on uh, boards. I see them on threads. I see them on Facebook. I see people talking about it, and maybe I hear about them. Um, and as I've gotten to know more people, I've tried to invite more people on. I've had some of the usual suspects and some of the same people on again and again, people like Tom and Vince, for instance, because they, they, they know Warhammer. They're really uh, deeply involved and invested, and they analyze this stuff really well. But I'll, oh, I'll yeah. try to tailor yeah. it to somebody who knows the Army, um, even if it's somebody obscure, because, frankly, if they know the Army better than I do, I want them to be the expert. There are armies I'm an expert on, and there are times where I think there's probably some times where I've had an expert on, and maybe I even know the army better. Um, but I would rather have somebody who knows the ins and outs of the army and steer the conversation and have them be the person that gives me the information. I've right. actually had feedback fairly recently about one video I had where um, where I did a tremendous amount of prep, and uh, and but the person put out a fairly generic or bland army uh, series of army lists. They were good competitively, especially in his uh, region. But to a couple audience people said, "This is stuff from a couple of years ago." And I and my response was, "I don't control the lists. These are the experts. They may not always be flashy and crazy, or even the most recent stuff. But it's what works for them, and it's their theory on why. And they're not the only person I'm going to bring on for that sub faction or that army set. Um, I'm going to bring on other people, and they might have a completely different view. So you know, stay tuned. <laughs> um, yeah, right." Right, but but no, I'll, that, I'll, I'll check a, up on the army and make sure that I have a reasonable understanding, uh, so that I can have a conversation with somebody about it. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Because I remember, like, uh, someone was talking about something didn't work. They had the FAQ or something with uh, Stormcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had it on a couple. I had it on one video of my own. I, in the middle of my video, I realized that I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> I think it was Nighthaunt. Um, uh, and I put up a list that was illegal. Yeah, that happens. It happened with the guy who won Adepticon. He, we, we had a list that he was going over, and some people that were checking on it was realized it, uh, there were some mistakes. Was it uh, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, it was Caleb. Hmm. Good guy. Really good guy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know Scooter. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah and um, I, I play a couple games with uh, Caleb, too, but. Well, you know, it, these mistakes happen, and, and you know what? They even happen in the tournaments, and what we have to realize is it's a game. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, exactly. At that time, GW was not putting out FAQs as fast as they are right now. I know. It's and actually I, and, it's quick, man. It's hard yeah. to keep up sometimes. And another th and like uh, that was the that armor was new at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it changed, it changed Warhammer, I think. I changed Age of Sigmar. 
Mm -hmm. It really did. It really did. But kind of sticking, let's stick with Adepticon then, you know, because back at Adepticon 2017, you know, as, I, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, I had the pleasure of, of, of meeting you in person and, and, and getting the first game against you and your dead Bretonian army. I'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> it was a great army, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and, that's and, a that labor of love, that thing. I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awesome. It's awesome. And and looking back on that now, you know, I, I got to honestly, I'm not I'm not saying this because you're uh, you're you're sitting here, but, you know, you're a heck of a gamer. I mean, you, you kicked my butt. You know, I, I, I had I only played my jabber slides a little more aggressively. Maybe it would have been a little bit more differently, but I, I held back and it, it, it bit me in the ass. So but but again, but that I'm not taking anything away. You played a hell of a game. So my question is, you know, do you think these unlockings of, of various our other armies does it help you in, in, in being a better tabletop competitor? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it helps me because I'm learning stuff or, um, and I'm, and I'm, you're, it's like muscle memory. The more you, the more you exercise it, the more that you're going to, you're going to, you're more proficient you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to do it as just a, uh, without thinking. Um, if you're going through the numbers, if you're going through the abilities, if you're going through the war scrolls, even if somebody else is doing it, um, it, it, it I look at it as, as a, a, a like studying at in at school when you were in university or when you were um you know when you were growing up when you're studying for an exam but it's the kind of thing that you absolutely love to dive into you know I'm sure that there are engineers out there like Scotty from Star Trek who their pleasure is looking at a tech manual you know <laughs> hey I'm an electrical engineer trust me we're not uh, we're we're not boring people we just get get excited over boring stuff it's it's, I, it's not boring <laughs> if it's interesting to you though but that's the thing <laughs> exactly you know so so if I'm interested in it it's it's it takes very little motivation to dive in and start looking at it and then imagining how you might present you know build an army and imagine how it might play but you know going over these things again and again with people being on other people's show or ha ha having people come on my show and tell me their strategies sometimes you see things from a different angle too and it keeps you on your toes it keeps you proficient it keeps you you know at that peak level and and I, i'm not i'm not a hyper competitive player i've become one a little bit in more recent years but um you know i've i've i was an advocate for the narrative and the non competitive way that age of sigmar was playing when it first came out but the evolution of, of, of it after the General's Handbook has made the game so much more universally acceptable and a better game overall uh, um, that, uh, and I appreciate it, I've kind of just gotten sucked into that mode of play. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm in that zone now. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's right. like a, like you'll have, you could play different, like you could play a competitive list or you could play, play more of a fun list kind of, if, you know, if you're not in a tournament or whatever. But I always oh, yeah. figured, you know, hey, yeah, I want to test out a tournament list. Is that okay? Kind of thing, you know, before you jump into anything. Yeah. yeah you're talking about just tabletop courtesy, right? Yeah. And sometimes when you want to test something out because you've never tried it before, and it's actually, oh my God, I feel so sorry. <laughs> yes. I did that. That happened recently, actually. Yeah. This um, happened Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. Don't, don't tell me your story, man. I'll tell you mine. Let me hear. All right. So, a, a mutual buddy of Pat and myself, actually, they're all mutual friends. Um, we we're, you know, it was my one bird. Ah. Sorry, I had some work done on my teeth today, so. It's okay. Words are hard. Yeah, words are very hard today. So what happened was uh, it was like <laughs> a second game, and I wanted to try out uh, uh, two Dreadnoughts uh, and Bjorn, two of the ham the Axe Shield Dreadnoughts, because I just wanted to try them out. Well, yeah, they're, they're pretty dumb. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so, so Mitch, are you heading back to Adepticon 2018? I'm gonna definitely try. Um, I got, <laughs> you know, I it, there's it's it, what's interesting is is that um, 
when when you become when you become known by to the circuit, I mean, we have a very niche community here. We got it's a very very uh, you know narrow community. But once people start seeing your videos, they get to know you. Um, and and when you get to these tournaments, um, they they <laughs> people put a target on you. I mean, there's like a bounty. <laughs> That's funny. That, well, I, I suppose that that's, I suppose that that's, that's, I, yeah, I, I guess that would happen in some way. You're, you're kind of a, in the fishbowl, you're kind of a celebrity, right? And, I mean, and well, yeah, a celebrity with a very, very lowercase C, um, right. uh, uh, it may be even a D list celebrity, celebrity or something like that. Um, but, uh, uh, the, 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 the reason why I've mentioned that is because when I go to these events, and you know, I've I've talked about this with other people who put out content who have these who have their shows or or whatnot, and um, they get a lot of challenges, and I do too. You can't bring a goofy list to these big events. You have to bring you have to bring a big and tough list. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. At Adepticon last year, that was my first Adepticon actually. Mm, um, wow. And I I didn't bring the best list I could. I brought what I could paint up in the shortest period of time because. The, my going to Adepticon happened relatively quick before the event. And um, I, 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 I've been building this Undead Bretonian list, list for several years. And the trajectory for t t to finishing it is, is – I keep joking. My son may graduate from college by the time I'm done with this thing. So <laughs> I had a lot of you know, various stages of, you know, of, of conversions as well as paint jobs. And I had to scramble to get stuff done. So there are compromises I had to make based on what I wanted to bring um, and what I was able to get painted up. So I did not bring a top tier list, and I certainly didn't bring uh, even. And let's all let's be honest: the Death is just did, didn't and still doesn't have the tools to compete with the top five, you know, army types. But I couldn't believe how many death armies there were. I played, you know, I, we all played five games. Four of my five games were against death. I played one Skaven, uh, Clan Pestilence, and all death of all really? different kinds of, yeah. Lucky the draw, man. Yeah. And it, I, was, I just, played, it was goofy. I, I played three of the top, uh, top tier um, armies, well, three of which were um, uh, all uh, um, Zinch. So I had a hard road getting to where I got. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, guess, yes. I, I actually, I actually like a number crunched my, my list with Tom before we went and Tom was like, uh, yeah, this is, you, you really should bring this and this and this. And I'm like, you know, I don't have a painted. I'll be happy if I wind up, you know, in the top 50 percentile. And as luck would have it, um, I turned and luck maybe in a little bit of strategy, I turned out to be, to get, you know, eighth overall. And the, the, here's the really interesting part. I played with a, practice game with Tom the night before and Tom had this Nurgle list which was just a beast of a list and we never got past the, typical, the, yeah. the, the top of turn one he beat me I mean it was I the way I describe it is imagine two samurai walking onto a bridge we've heard this old story I'm sure if you're interested in any kind of history history um and the you know they they eye each other you know there could be a fight you know because you know who's gonna who's gonna give who's gonna who's gonna step aside so the other can walk first and you know that there's that that mental duel with those, that eye contact, but then no, there's no fight and somebody wins, right? Tom yeah. and I sat down, put our stuff on the table, top of turn one. I looked at him and I said, "You win. <laughs> you won, man." That's awesome. My, my list had no answers for his. So that's a cool story. Yeah. So, well, it, He's a good player. He's a very he's a very uh, capable player. You know, I, I I bumped into those guys and just said a brief hello to him. But I, those guys seem like a couple of guys you definitely want to get to know better. They, you know, he he and he and Vince seem like real real class act people. They you know they're they're they seem good like real good guys. 
They are. Sure. They're very good guys. So um, I guess yeah. has has being a good guy yourself. I mean, has Games Workshop ever reached out to you on your perspective of their armies, or, or have they ever commented on your work? Uh, no. I mean, I've had some communication with um, with uh, some of the some of the bigwigs there, just in, you know, on Twitter, or I met a couple. I met them at the at Adepticon. Actually, there was a community. Uh, some of the some of the people in the community were invited to meet with them to try and kind of help promote. Uh, games and 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 build out uh, the the Age of Sigmar community specifically, but not limited to AOS to any of the box games or even 40k. Because if you're involved with one game, you're typically involved with all of them. Um, sure. Um, but I I've never been reached out to kind of become an official advocate. I would I would love it if they did. Um, I want free stuff <laughs> or get to look at free stuff. <laughs> free stuff is cool, but I would I would pay money to get the stuff early. I would I wouldn't I don't oh, care yeah. about the free. I want to get it before. Well, a lot of times it, they'll you know promote it like they'll send you a codex or battle tome or whatever, or even the yeah. game itself, so you can. Yeah, I'd give that stuff away. I'd give it away as uh, as as um, freebies to subscribers and stuff. Yeah, do a um, raffle. Oh, sure. I, I give stuff away a lot of times. During, I, I mean, I've run events. Um, I haven't run any big regional events, but in the early stages of AOS, I was building out the community in the northeast region of of of, uh, of the U.S. and you know, between three states, um, going around to a, you know like a half a dozen different stores and just sitting around and doing demos, and then eventually you know doing small you know four or eight person. Um, um, single day tournaments and stuff, uh, but you know, the, the, it, it, it's the kind of th I love doing it. I love to do it. And and uh, if GW reached out to me and they wanted me to kind of help out in some some other official capacity, um, I'm sure I could find the time to do it. <laughs> so there, there you have it for uh, for all the GW folks listening. Uh, uh, Mitch, Sean, and I are more than more than happy to to carry the torch for you guys, uh, just for <laughs> maybe some for some free games. So I, I guess here's here's a question I've been kind of dying to ask you. I mean, you've unlocked so many of of these. Uh, armies, if, if not all the armies in, in Age of Sigmar, and, and as I understand it. But uh, here's the question. Best AOS army right now in the game, what army is it? Pound for pound, best army. Oh, God. Um, it, it, obviously, as you mentioned also before, it, a lot of it has to do with the general. It has to do with who's behind, you know, who's, who's behind the dice. Um, right. uh, I, I, would, I would put the, I mean, it's it's it, 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 there's so the scenarios really ha have a imp and have an impact on why the this is the answer. I feel that fire slayers are in the pole position right now. Wow, what a change! Um, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? And and, and yeah. a lot of it has to do with those points, but it, but not not just because of the point change that they got. Um, I think that there's the 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 enhanced rules they got the the battalions. Um, when I look at the lists for unlockings that I've done when I look at the lists for even the other top tier armies like uh like like uh, Zinch some of the other chaos armies uh Stormcast Eternals uh even uh with some of the new changes you can see you can make an excuse for uh Seraphon the Lizardmen to now also be in the upper tier right um, but when I look at the versatility and the ability to just do so much damage so fast um, at range and uh, in, at, and and up close, as well as the ability to withstand damage, fire slayers really it can be argued to be the most versatile and the best army out there. We're actually interestingly enough, we're actually going to touch on that a little bit later on in the show about you know building building uh, um, lists and, and and tabletop you know wargaming. But here's another question: Do you ever see yourself doing any 40k unlockings? Yeah, I, I think that might be in my future. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, 
Um, I, 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 you know, I, I'll tell you a little bit of, if you if you indulge me about my my background. Again, I when I first got into Warhammer, I was I, I fell in love with with obviously with um, Space Marines, and I wanted to. I had a group that they were all playing different Space Marines. There was one faction that of the of the mainstream factions uh, um, of the that that weren't being played, and that was the um, the uh, Dark Angels. And I heard the background of the Dark Angels, and I was like, "Wow, this sounds really cool." But I, w- I really wanted to play um, the, uh, you know, the, the Fenrisians, the, uh, the, the uh, Space, Space Wolves, wolves. Um, because yeah. I just, I loved, I mean, I, I loved the, the, the kind of the far Viking culture in the future, you know, futuristic with, uh, um, uh, with the futuristic uh, uh, Space Marine thing. Um, I loved the, uh, you know, the cloaks and all that stuff, yeah, especially the Dreadnought, um, the, the character Dreadnought they had. Um, was what was his name? Um, oh, Bjorn. Yeah. Bjorn. Bjorn. Yep, that's that's right. it. Um, and and I love that stuff. And um, and and uh, you know I'm 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 a, I love mythology. Uh, I used to eat that stuff up growing up. You know whether it's Greek or Norse or Egyptian, all these different mythologies. Um, and uh, and I wanted to play that. But they, every there was a guy who was already had it, and it was fully painted. And he was you know he was the guy. So I went and I I went and jumped into Dark Angels. Um, but then I wound up like any other collector, seeing the new shiny. Um, so I had an Eldar army, and I had I had a uh, I had a Tyranid army, and I I had the old metal Carnifaxes that weighed fifty pounds, and you know, <laughs> and the Hive Tyrants. Yeah. Um, we, and I we're, bought... we're all the bane to the new shiny, you know. We all get suckered <laughs> in. So uh, yeah, before long, um, I was uh, I was invested, and now I'm again I'm feeling the pull. Uh, there's people that are like, yeah, we'll show you the new rules. Come on down to the shop, whatever. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> we'll get the, the mechanics are awesome. I, I, I absolutely, absolutely love 40 K. As I said, I'm, I'm brand new to it, but I love the mechanics. And in some ways, and this is for another topic, another show, but I, I've loved, I would love to see some of those mechanics brought into AOS truthfully. They're, you know, the, the compliment I think is inevitable and not to say that they're going to blend to the point where, the it's gonna it's gonna merge to to like a warmer hordes thing. I don't think we're gonna be seeing that, but I do think we're gonna see things that work that make sense for the system, and we've already seen that um, get introduced. For instance, there was a little bit of an AOSification of 40k, but not too much. People were worried that it would go overboard. They kept a lot of very important things that were very vintage 40k, but they used some of the streamline things that have benefited AOS. And I think that that, that seems to make yeah. the 40k a better game, and I'm sure that that's going to be the reverse too. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, uh, a few things that they put it put in. I mean, you know, they put transports in for yeah. Sigmar. That, Except never... for my Admic. Sorry. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> they they make them, but they can't use them. I get it. Fine. Right. <laughs> they don't know how to drive them. They just make them like you know. Hey Mitch, these are my constant bitches every week. Mordheim and my Admic don't have any transports, so I just yeah. I have to keep that going. Uh, well, you know, one day, one day, your wishes will come true. You know that, right? Oh, I tell you what, I just wish, wait I, till Forge World, you know, comes out and for a man can dream. Annie. Well, I, let's uh, let, let's keep the wheels rolling here. I mean, not not to be forgotten though. I uh, I, I hope someday to to have an unlocking uh, video with with you, Mitch, uh, with uh, with my beloved Brayherd, my beloved Beastie Boys, and I guess uh, hopefully that's uh, something we can we can work out uh, in the future uh, upcoming. I hope we will. We will. I I, I mean I, I we've talked about this. I would love to have you on the show and and get your take on uh, on the Beastmen. Uh, you know, um, you had asked me when when we were first talking about doing the show when you first invited me on. You know, right. the the origins of of the unlocking. Um, 
and and um, the 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 idea behind the the unlockings didn't just come from hey I want to I want to run around and kind of take take time to do all these different armies. I'll be honest with you, when AOS first came out, pre games you know um, General's Handbook, um, right. I I teetered for for a few weeks. Um, there was a lot. We were talking about the Wild West. Uh, people were freaking you out. Were there was kidding. a lot of nerd rage. People burning armies. I know the people guy who burned the army. Um, the Dark Elf guy. Yeah. Well, he's 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 friends with Lord Tremendous. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and there's a, a really cool story for this. I, I want to fit this in because there's. I mean, I, I you, you guys you can tell I I, I can talk for hours. Um, but um, there's a really cool story with that, and then I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about the background of the unlockings. Um, when I spoke to Lord Tremendous after the unlocking. And he had to turn off the uh, comments, and he had to actually make some adjustments because he was getting so many hits. He was reaching hundreds of thousands and eventually millions of hits. And I was wow. like, my first thought was, well, welcome. You're the first guy to reach this plateau. Uh, your AdSense for advertising must be through the roof. And there was a long pause. And then he said, mm we used a proprietary um, song. There's no way we can get any proceeds from the advertising. <laughs> that is absolutely hysterical. Oh, oh I was man. devastated. I was like, you can't, you got to be telling, you're killing me. You're killing me here. You, you, you realize that the cost of that army is probably what you threw. You threw away twice the army. <laughs> Your buddy threw away twice the army. Unbelievable. Oh, Unbelievable. So, well, yeah, good. No, I was going to say, great, great stuff, Mitch. And 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 like I said, thank you, uh, thank you for all that you do for the community and the hobby. Um, really, it, it uh, you're you're uh, you're such a you're such a huge part of this uh, this this hobby that I, I'm looking forward to it all. Really, I'm, I'm just I'm just another idiot rolling dice. But thank you, thank yeah. you. But let's uh, let, let's let's get into some other 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 topics that I'm sure uh, uh, Mitch uh, is also going to want to uh, weigh in on. So so uh, Sean, let's uh, let's jump into those nids, man. Let's yeah. uh, let's, let's get into that. All right, oh, so they got a... <laughs> I'm doing my part too. So th right. they're dropping in ten days, yeah. I mean, or less uh, than that, right? The the eleventh, so nine days now. Yeah, yeah. My son Evan is a is an ids guy, as you know, Sean and, and Mitch. Yep. Uh, I think maybe you met uh, Evan last year at Adepticon, but uh, yep. but he, he he loves him and he actually plays him rather well. I'm I'm right now I'm I'm three and seven against him with my admix, so I gotta I gotta get something worked out here. Well, anyway, they're, sorry about they're gonna be getting better, so you'll probably be like. Five yeah, I know. I know. What do you, what, what's going to be new? What's, what's... all right? Uh, shells in the warp. Uh, enemy psychers must attract one from their tests. Uh, they make within 18 inches of anyone with disability. Tyranid psychers are unaffected, which is very nice against all those uh, maleficent lords that people run with chaos. Um, synapse. Yeah. They finally fixed synapse. Um, units automatically pass morale check. If they are within 12 of any uh, high fleet uh, units with disability, um, instinctive behavior, which goes off a of synapse, uh, unless a high fleet unit with disabilities within 24 of a friendly high fleet synapse unit, you must eject one from any hit rolls made for it uh, when shooting any target other than the nearest visible enemy unit, and must eject two from its charge roll if it declares a charge against another. Any other any unit other than the nearest nearest enemy unit. Okay. So it really 
that some of the rumors. I also heard something about the, that the Hydras they're going to get reroll misses against units with less models during. Well, the well this is all this is all the stuff that was confirmed through GW. Oh wow! Okay, oh, all right. On the community page. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Ouch. And then, uh, so basically, they kind of fixed that. I mean, long, you know, last edition, they would just run away. <laughs> Unless you could roll, you know, very low on your leadership test. Right. So, or, you know, they were like cower or run off, run off the board kind of thing. So basically, it was just a wasted unit. So people didn't, a lot of people didn't really like playing horde units, which is kind of what NIDs are always meant to be. Well, sure. Well, sure. Do they uh, break anything on any any traits, any warlord traits? Yeah, I'm going to get down to that. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, this is some of the hive fleet traits, I guess. Right. Uh, Behemoth is uh, you can reroll failed charge rolls for units with this habitation. <laughs> so if you, which I think is good, because especially if you're a close combat knit army, which probably is coming on the rebound. Eight out of ten nids armies, I would think. Actually, last edition they were mostly shooting. <laughs> okay, yeah, seventh edition. Well, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't there. Uh, you got Kraken. They have uh, something called questing tendrils. Uh, when a unit with this ad- adaptation advances, roll three dice instead of one and pick the highest to add to their move characteristic of all models on the unit for that movement phase. In addition, such units can fall back and charge in the same turn. That's big. Um. I don't think there's anything else that can fall back and charge in the same turn unless a uh, 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 unless you pay the uh, command point to do so. Yeah, I, I think, think there's anything out there. I don't think there's anything off the shelf that can do that. No. Yeah, I think the only one that has a command ability to do or an ability to do that are something out of the stratagems from Space Marines. Right. What, right. What would be the AOS equivalent for that? Is that like a retreat? Then you can charge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is. So basically a fallback is uh, you move away from the enemy like you normally would in Age of Sigmar. But with this, you can actually charge. So if you get locked up with like, if let's say if someone tries to lock your big monstrous creature or whatever, you could just hop out because you got to be more than an inch away. So... It's not three inches like it is in Age of Sigmar. Sigmar is three, right? Yes, it Four. is. Yeah. 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 So you just got to be over an inch away from someone to be counted in combat. Um, and then they got Leviathan, some synapic imperative. Uh, roll a d6 each time a unit with this adaptation loses a wound while... While it is within six inches of a friendly synapse unit from the same high fleet, on a six, the damage is ignored, and the unit does not lose a wound. Ignore this adaptation on a unit that is currently affected by uh, the catalyst psychic power. Um, basically, basically, it's a feel no pain. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, hang on, I just got to change this up here. Now we have a Gorgon. They have adaptive toxins. Uh, you could reroll wound rolls of one in the fight phase for units with this adaptation. So, if you roll a lot of ones when you try to wound something, not a bad one to go with. And now, this is one that's kind of hard to pronounce. Jormun Gander. Jormun Gander, the world, the world serpent. Yeah. From, uh, from you Norse go. mythology. Your, or or Jormun Gander. I Mitch, think you got to do an unlocking on this one. This this is the 40k army you got to start with right here, Mitch. <laughs> this is it. 
Uh, tunnel networks. Um, a unit with this adaptation, other than units that can fly, always has a benefit of cover for the purposes of shooting attacks. Um, so basically, you get a plus one in your save. If a unit advances or charges, however, it uses it loses the benefit of this ah of this adaptation until the start of your next movement phase. So, if you don't have a lot of stuff that flies. Uh, this would be good for a shooting army, um, nids. I think just because you get a, you always count as being in cover, so it's plus one of your armor save, which will okay. negate the heavy bolter, the assault cannon. You know, um, how's cover rules in the new system? In the, um, uh, how does it work? Okay. Uh, so basically, basically, like runes and like forts. If you're if the whole unit is fully within. By fully within is no one is outside of the ruins. You get plus one cover. Vehicles is a little bit different. So basically, you got to be hauled down essentially in cover uh, to get the benefit. Some things don't give benefits to vehicles. Uh, force and runes do. Um, it, I, I think the uh, cover rules are a little bland, but they're still there. As long as I don't have to argue with somebody about uh, a sliver of something showing between the crack of a uh, of, of a of a door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we've kind of touched on that. There there is still some there's some some hokiness uh, as far as the line of sight and the cover. What was that? Uh, we were having that conversation. It was back a few shows ago, uh, Sean, about the 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 Necrons. They got that that weird. You know, they they can they can peek around the, like uh, the building with like a tentacle or something like that, and then they they can. Well, they can the shoot thing you is, it's, it's it's any part of the vehicle itself. So, because there's no more facing. Now it sounds kind of weird, especially if you played other editions. So you know, front side and rear, but it doesn't matter any point of the vehicle. You can fire all your weapons. There is no turret weapons. There's no 45 90s. They cleared everything out. So it's it flows a little bit better, a little bit nitpicking because you know, oh, I'm on your, I'm on this side, so it's not front, it's side armor. No, you're on the front, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So, right. so I mean, yeah, co covers covers. I think it's still being worked out. I mean, you know, when when like for instance, uh, in 40k, when picking a target, you know, you're not going to be able to shoot enemies that are either a one inch or or enemies that are in combat with other units. You know, right. you know, much like. Um, yeah, well, I guess that, that's the way it is now. I, I'm I'm not really sure how it was in seventh edition, but um, so it, yeah, I, I it seems um, there there there's always I think going to be some of that tabletop discussion, you know, mm -hmm. with, with with these kind of rules. So yeah, yeah, it's just I mean they're trying to streamline it. There's a few things I don't like about cover because it it's kind of. You know, plus, you know, we're also used to our old editions, so. But uh, it just seems kind of a little bland. But they have different things. So, like, barricades do something. Uh, tank traps or obstacles are a little bit different. It's not just, oh, you're behind cover. You get, like, you know, it covers a flat, straight one to your save. Plus one to your save. So, yeah. a rune used to be where it'd be a four plus. Uh, a force would, like, be a five plus. You know, area terrain was normally a five plus up, you know, five plus terrain. But everything is now plus one to armor save. Uh, now we uh, Hydra, they have uh, swarming instincts. Uh, it's basically 
Uh, you can reroll hit rolls in the fight phase for units with this adaptation that target units containing fewer models than their own. So if you outnumber them, you get to reroll your hits, which is not a bad idea. Not bad. Yeah, right. That, that's what I actually heard. You know, if, if, if it's, you know, you can reroll misses against units with less models during the fight yep. phase for, for the Hydras. I yep. really like that because when I see like mechanics like, like in Age of Sigmar and, and the previous editions of the fantasy version, um, where you get these benefits only when you have a certain quantity in your unit. Um, I like it. It's a nice mechanic, but all you sometimes need to do is kind of neuter that to neuter that unit is to drop right. it in quantity, which, which means you could just devote a little bit to it. But if it's a blanket rule, if it's a mechanic of the game, for instance, right. or maybe it's a, an army-wide rule where outnumbering gives you some advantage, which is very intuitive, um, that, that, I, I really like the way that works. So I'm, I'm liking what I hear there. Yeah, that's something I could see definitely in like a Skaven army when right. they do an oh, yeah. Skaven something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, now we got the last uh, ad adaptation. It's uh, Kronos. It's called Bio Barrage. Uh, you can reroll hit rolls of one for units with this adaptation in your shooting phase, as if they did not if they did not move in the preceding movement phase. So yeah, that's not that's not too exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then uh, now they changed out the hive tyrant. I don't know how what they did with the points cost, but stats wise, they changed it up. Um, the new one is uh plus one toughness, so it's toughness seven, and it's got two more wounds. So it had ten, it went to twelve. Didn't which, one of the characters get nerfed and wounded in wounds? Something like that. Didn't didn't I heard something that that one of them got dropped to like nine nine wounds or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but see, nine ones is great because then you can't be targeted. Yeah, I. Uh, why not? Yeah, why, I, why is that again? All right, so if you're under ten wounds, you you, uh, you cannot be targeted unless you are the closest uh, model. That's kind ah. of how they. That's what they do with uh, characters. Right, so like, right. you can't just snipe out characters in this in 40k like you can in. Yeah, yeah, AOS. You can you can you can definitely snipe out characters. Which yeah, oh, that, that's one of the. Out. That's one of the rule mechanics I'd like to I'd like to see brought over to AOS yep. because you know we I, I've I've lost more damn characters to yeah. Well, There's... with the, with the way the shooting is in the game, it's very and a lot of the alpha striking, it's very easy to kind of clear the board of of a lot of your characters. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a mechanic that doesn't provide the fully the lookout sirs of the previous editions. Oh yeah, but I like that rule. What you were just saying, if you're if you're a not, if you're more of a diminutive or less important um, model, um, then you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to incite uh, as much attention. You're not going to garnish as much attention to try to take you down. So you might you might uh, avoid the uh, the uh, the limelight of where of what people are trying to shoot at. <laughs> right, because uh, if you're well, they limit it though. If you have ten wounds or more, you can be targeted. It doesn't matter. Um, so, which is actually kind of nice. That's something I would love to see. Um, right. And then we got a, uh, it's a warlord trait for Gorgon. Uh, it's a Gorgon. It's called hyperadaptive biology from the end of the first phase in which this model suffers any wounds add one to its toughness, uh, for the remainder of the game. Uh, so basically you get plus one toughness. You put that on a hive tyrant and your toughness eight. You're as tough as a land raider now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be horrible. Yep, horrible, horribly awesome. Yeah, uh, I, 
Yeah, it's, there's something else my son can rub in my face. Got it. And then they have something else called adaptive biology, and this looks to be more of a generic one. Um, from the end of the first phase in which the warlord suffers any wounds for the remainder of the battle when inflicting damage upon the warlord, reduce the damage of the attack by one to a minimum of one. So basically, uh, if you take two damage, you take one damage. If it's like a two damage weapon, you take two damage. Instead, you take one. So, okay. which is nice. Um, too bad you can't combine them. Unless there's some type of stratagem that allows you to take another warlord trait. I don't know. Um, then we got a couple relics. Uh, the Balethorn Cannon. It's uh, 36 inch range, salt D6, strength 7, minus 1 AP, and 2 damage. Uh, it has the ability you can add 1 to hit rolls for this weapon when attacking uh, a unit with 10 or more models. And vulnerable saves cannot be taken against this weapon. This is the anti demon weapon. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and anti-Terminator weapon. If people run Terminators, so. Hmm. I mean, the they Terminators got a, alone. Well, the thing is, it, kill, <laughs> it does two damage to them, and a minus one. So. I hope Terminators got a little more, a uh, little more love in in this edition. Uh, they're two wounds now. Okay, there we go. Yeah. They went down like weak when when faced with. Uh, with Gene Stealers, man. I remember those days. Oh, yeah. So what, what, what edition would that have been? Oh, wow. I don't know. Um, Second on the seventh? Uh, let's see. Um, or third on the seventh? We're, we're probably talking, um, yeah, probably probably third edition. 80s? Mid-80s or late-80s? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm thinking 87 or, or 88, somewhere around there. If, if somewhere around there. Yeah, one, one too many knocks in the head, though. I'm not sure I'm remembering that right but I, I think i'm close <laughs> yeah so uh i mean there's some more stuff that's going to be coming out i want to touch base on with uh next week for i mean there's a lot of stuff um, yeah the, the nids on. the nids i think are going to be that army that they're that they're going to put on a pedestal and and really kind of drive it to a top tier army I, I for a long time I, I always felt that the nids were kind of the beastmen of the 40k world you know they they were they were good in the right hands but they were they were they were avoided like i said i mean even at adepticon last year i was told by a bunch of people i was the only beastman player they'd seen in a long time much less mm. all, all minotaur army but it didn't help me much i still went one and four but it was it was nice you know, you know <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Um, Good. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you about the Tyranids uh, question here. Um, uh, how are they? They're fast, I imagine. Well, you can uh, you can run always, and like that one. What warlord trait was it? It was. Uh, uh, it was the Kraken, the questing tendrils. You can roll three dice instead of one to pick the highest, and because basically. The advance is like the run move in Age of Sigmar where you right. roll a D six and then that you add that to your movement. So right. I mean I think they can be very pretty quick. Um and do they have any do they have any like deployment or movement shenanigans? Like um can they appear uh in uh, uh, different parts of the board or either deployed uh, to the side or show I, up? Is there anything I like that? I think they have some of that. I'm not really sure. I haven't had a chance to really look at Tyranids and the uh, the sedition. I mean, I've seen them played once. Because I could see if they have a couple of those types of things. If if they can move across the field fast, and they can just pop up, you know, and surprise your opponents uh, in their backfield or near objectives and such. Well, 
I could see them being serious can openers. Well, they basically have a. Uh, you just read my mind. A turn at drop on, essentially. Yep. So. Okay. And, you know, and that leads us, I guess, into our next topic. I mean, building an army for for tabletop battle. You know, I, I guess this is a good way to segue this because you know what 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 Mitch kind of touched on is something that Sean and I have talked about quite a bit. I mean, and obviously the topic we're going to touch on could easily be alone by itself, a whole nother topic for another show. So we can frame this in the reference of generally speaking. So, so here goes, but, you know, building an army, I would say is, is one of the most important and fun aspects of, of either age of Sigmar or 40 K, right? I mean, I, that's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, I truly love the list building aspect of the hobby. I mean, it's, it's almost a game in itself. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it could be why I guess in a way, Mitch, I've always really enjoyed a lot of your, all of your unlocking videos, you know, uh, um, but, uh, with 40k, I'm new to Eighth Edition, so I, I guess in some ways I, I can I can speak to the challenges of list building there. But I think I can I can talk more competently to the fantasy or, or the AOS side of the list building. Um, albeit, uh, I'd I'd like to hear the perspectives uh, from both 40k and AOS from 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 you both, especially on the 40k side, Sean. And I'm sure Mitch, you know, probably know a hell of a lot more about it than I do. But um, but as, as I started out with with AOS, for instance. Um, when I did, I, I, you know, in the beginning, I was just taking units and that, that seemed to be cool. And I would just throw them together and, and, and put them on a list. And after a few humbling losses, you know, I, uh, I quickly learned that there's a lot more than, than just getting the strongest units in. It became evident that, that every army, you know, whether it's AOS or 40 K is different, you know, depending on their, their allegiances and, and their army compositions and play styles. But, um, whenever I'm now looking for a new unit in my army, whether it's, as I said, AOS or 40K, I, I look for the, the following points. And, 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 and in my book, and I'm doing kind of the, the, the quotations here, this, this is my, my seven of them. I would have to say that when, you, when, you're, when you're list building, you know, getting that army ready for tabletop battle, I'd have to look at, you know, and this isn't any particular order of the seven, but I would say cohesion, uh, range, uh, point efficiency, sustainability, damage output, mental pressure, and, and probably, in my opinion, the most, the most important and kind of what, you know, you were just touching on, uh, uh, Mitch, was mobility. Uh -huh. You know, obviously, no one, yeah, no one unit uh, can, can perfectly fulfill, say, all seven criteria. But when composing a list, you'd want to obtain as many of the seven as possible in, in, in an army's build. So I guess starting back with you, we'll, we'll bring it right back around to you, to Mitch. Um, you know, uh, what do you find, you know, as is, is, is keys to, to building a solid competitive army for, for tabletop battle? Yeah, I, I, we, we've, a bunch of us on air and a bunch of my local uh, um, player players, we've, we've analyzed this to death. And uh, it comes, I think universally, um, we look at certain pillars that you need to have in order to be a highly competitive uh, army. You could throw together a list of things that you want, depending on what the mechanics are um, and what the rules are of how to list build. And still, you know, you could just fill it with stuff that you like the most, still adhering to those rules. And it will be a fun game and it could still be competitive. But if you want to be a competitive, um, uh, if you want to have a competitive army, if you want to do well in a tournament or if you want to really do, if you're, it, it, the way we describe it um, is, uh, are you bringing the shit kicker list? Or are you bringing the, uh, the beer and pretzels list? <laughs> so if you're bringing the shit kicker list, if you're taking names, if there's, you have to know you're walking into that situation. If you go to a tournament, Every, everybody's out there for scalps. I'm sorry. There's no excuses. 
if you go into it with a subpar list and, and you overachieve, that's great. It's a nice victory. But as I said, in, one in four. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know. You gotta know what you're getting into. But when you, I'm, and, and when I look at it from these pillars, the top one is mobility. It's same way it was. It was in throughout military history. The same way it is today. It's about mobility. I think. I think. I think there's obviously more to it than that. But I think the highly mobile army. We've seen plenty of elements um, in different parts of the world throughout history where different um, nations and different factions dominated because they were more mobile. Um, oh, yeah. mobile I mean, Napoleon with the double envelopment, Germany with the Blitzkrieg, sure. Yeah. The, 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 the uh, horse archers in uh, Asia, um, you know, the idea, the the ability to determine where you want to put the most pressure and, 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 and where not, and where to avoid it, where to be able to avoid your enemy when they're strongest and you're weakest, but where to take your, you know, maximum, uh, your maximum capability um, and, and hammer in on, on where your opponent's weakest um, and pick and choose your battles. Uh, so I think that's the top one as far as I'm concerned. But the other part is, and this I think translates to 40k is because there's different elements in 40k but there are some there are some parallels is you have to compete in all phases of the game if the game has psychic phase or a magic phase competing in it or having the ability to deny your opponent of it is, is paramount you have to be able to at least have some kind of capabilities to do something in that phase it's one of the reasons why it's a big challenge as a dwarf player in age of sigmar because you don't have you have lots of shooting but you don't have any magic but with, with tyranids um, you know, they're, they're not, there are, at least what I remember, there were some shooting aspects of the game, but it's where they were, they were deficient. So they had to make up for it. How do they make up for it? Being fast. And when they get in front of you, they rip you apart. Um, but there is some elements of shooting they'd also have. This is very similar to the flesh eater courts. They play very similar to what I remember Tyranids playing. Now, Tyranids might be a much different now, but when I think of the Flesh Eater Courts to the old school Tyranids, Tyranids that I played, Flesh Eater Courts feels like that because it's just this wave of ghouls and ghoulish creatures with very little range. They swarm you. They're fast moving. They have some deployment shenanigans too. Uh, they can get really up on you very quickly, but if they get in there, they usually just have a, a, a range of attacks and they can shred a lot of different armies unless you have just incredible armor. But then they're just they're overwhelming you with with a right. large volume of attacks. I, I would other, say that that's a better example than than when I said the nids were like like beastmen. I think yeah, I think that they're they're much better, much more comparable to to the to the death for sure. Yeah. Except, uh, Tyrannas actually do have decent shooting. That, True. That, I remember that right. there were some um, what was it hormigants or whatever they had these little guys with these little little guns and then yeah. all the, the the hive tyrant had a gun too and so there mm -hmm. were and then you had some artillery pieces that were biological um, yep. so there were, there were there were some I remember but it wasn't like it was a shooty army but we'll we'll see now last edition it was a shooty army just because you would take hive tyrants because that was the best thing in in their codex um, but uh, I mean they they have some they have some different uh, decent uh, shooting. Um, and, uh, they, they can be rather quick. Uh, the best thing is the basic gun can take out anything now. So it's back to old, like fantasy, uh, six edition, uh, you know, a six will always wound something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so Sean, about those, uh, what, what do you think is, is, uh, you know, critical in, in, in building a, building an army? What well, say you on that? More for 40 K obviously it's gotta be, you need objective security and you need mobility. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think mobility for me is king also because, you know, at, at the very least, it's a great table setter. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, Brayherds, you know, their ambush, you know, Space Marines with their deep strike, Stormcast with their lightning strike ability or, or Slanesh capacity to, you know, move across a table like shit to a tin horn. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, whether it's securing an objective first or, or, or getting there or, you know, in your opponent's face, I mean, it means 
you know, so much in terms of mental pressure, damage output, range, et cetera, that it itself can be a game changer if, if, if not a winner for, for, for a more mobile army. But Yeah, um, and something really tough that can put out damage and actually, you know, can actually take mortal wounds in this game is really, really good. Um, I mean, just some of the soak up fire because they're going to uh, basically a unit that is basically a, a it's got to hit a shoot me sign on them. But, you know, basically they're trying to shoot the Hulk or Superman kind of thing. Right. You know? Exactly. And there's different ways to do that. You could have a mechanic where you're getting multiple saves that can protect you against things like mortal wounds or standard wounds. Yep. Or you could have a, cir- a circumstance where you can take the damage but recover the models which yes. can regenerate them. So there's there's many different ways that we can that you can achieve that 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 endurance, that ability to, to weather that storm. Um that that and I like that there's different ways to get there. Especially yeah. like with uh uh one thing that's uh uh Wolfen, uh they're they're you give them a storm shield, yeah you're paying about it's about three hundred points for a five man unit. You give them a storm shield and a uh thunder hammer, they get they're about about the same price as five terminators, <laughs> but uh, you get the still the three up and vulnerable save, so the three plus plus, and then you get a five plus feel no pain essentially, which is rather big because nothing gets through, nothing can save you against mortal wounds except if you take damage. So, you know, like the disgustingly resilient with Nurgle. I mean, my buddy was playing Nurgle one time, I had to uh, basically go down and take. Uh, Thunder hammers, which do three damage each against one wound models, just so I could kill them off. Because he would roll two out of three five pluses. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess we're we're running up against the time, but if you guys want, we can we can. I got a couple more uh, topics. I think the conversation is going great. Mitch, can you hang on for a little bit longer, or do you sure. got other other places you got to be? Sure. No, I spec'd out the time just uh, just in case. Uh, I appreciate uh, it. I, I I appreciate it. Thank you. And 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 so um. Sean, we got anything else to clean up on that, or can we can we roll on to the next uh, next piece? Uh, I'll make it real quick. I'm just gonna hammer it out. Okay. Uh, but basically, I mean, a lot of the games are similar. Um, now, sometimes you can't have an ability to deny. There's a few armies out there that just can't deny a psychic power. Um, with those, you gotta kind of. I'm basically what I'm trying to get at is just. You got to be mobile. You got to be adaptive, and your army has to be able to put out damage. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I can't agree more. I think, but I think, you know, in my, my opinion, I think we, we're all three of us are kind of saying the same thing. Mobility is, is probably king on that. Mm-hmm. Competing in all, in all the phases is very big. Um, but if again, if you can't, if you're not a shooty army, or if you don't have psychic powers, the ability to kind of mitigate that in your opponent can make up for it, or be exceptionally good at one thing so good that it makes up for other deficiencies but uh, yeah overall I, i'd say it's 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 just trying to find a way to compete in each of those uh, phases um and not just try to skip over them because you know um then you're losing out on an option um whether it's a shooting attack or psychic attack or magic attack but yeah that's that's all i have to say about that agreed agreed so let's move on to some of these box games you know i i kind of want to take kind of a, a little bit of a gander through it and maybe we don't have to spend a lot of time because i kind of want to get both of your perspectives on it because i'm i i'm kind of uh i'm kind of torn like an old sweater on this you know 
Shadespire has 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 been in stores for a week now, and it appears to be very popular. Uh, then there's Silver Tower or or Renegade, which was the Imperial Knight battle game from from Seventh Edition 40K. Or there was uh, Shadow War Armageddon. Uh, then there's classics like Blood Bowl, and and then we have Horus Heresy, Warhammer Quest. Um, what am I forgetting? Um, Dark Imperium, which uh, just recently I read an article that Geek and Sundry stated to be one of the best box games GW ever produced. Uh, and still no damn Mordheim. Um, but, uh, you know, most recently we, we have Necromunda Underhive, which, you know, is 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 featured in this November's White Dwarf, which I still haven't gotten yet. I imagine I'll get November's next July, you know, the way they're delivering, which is which is good. But I just got mine today. See, there you are bragging. See, someday when I'm important, no, Mitch, no, you know, no. but it's late. It's late. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's very late. So you um, should probably get yours tomorrow. Yeah. Well, at least they're only uh, like. I'm a little closer to I'm a little closer to the UK. So yeah, well, in, in, here here in Chicago, they've shot all the carrier pigeons out of the sky. So we're, we're <laughs> doing the best we can. But they just dropped my issue along the way while they're getting to you. Yeah, and uh, so so with Necromunda Underhive, I mean, you know, this is a this is a revitalization of a 20 year old game. You know, Necromunda uh, as it was as it was just known simply then. And as a side note. Um, this November's White Dwarf is also uh, very special. I guess it's going to be the first time ever uh, that you're going to be able to read it on your mobile phone. They're going to make some mobile apps uh, that, well, are gonna, that are going to have that available. But see, if you get it that way, it shouldn't be late. <laughs> yeah, they'll uh, they'll 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 find a way. Um, but I guess you know I've, I've kind of kind of shown the the picture here of the uh, of the the White Dwarf. Um, uh, that's coming that, that you have Mitch that, that I don't have yet. Um, and you know, we, we've talked about these box games over the past shows and, and, and my, and some of the opinions of them may vary. And, and, and to be quite frank, I think that they're a great introduction to the hobby, you know, low point of entry, a, a, a gateway drug into the world of plastic crack, if you will. But, um, uh, you know, I, I guess, I, I guess, I, I, have I forgotten anything, Sean? I think I've gotten them all. What, 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 what box games have I forgotten? Did I mention them all or, or? uh, the the ship game uh oh yeah uh, the, the pirate ship the 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 pirate type game uh yeah i can't think of it either but dreadfully i, 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 I quote it too oh dreadfully there you go there you go yeah. there you go so i guess my 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 point that i'm driving at is you know this this market path for for gw which is which is uh, a part and away from the tabletop gaming system is you know yes it's another financial market path for them and 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 in entering the the this this realm of this niche competition you know i i think number one it's probably what caused the recent breakup between them and fantasy flight games but mm -hmm. but my question on the topic is this do you think these games are at a saturation point and, and could this hurt the brand of GW? Mitch, what, what do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I think if they keep putting out good product, people are going to buy it. They're going to find their audience. They may not all be universally interesting, what they're but, but people are going to find it if they, if they find the aesthetic uh, uh, appealing. I never thought that Blood Bowl would take off. I, know that I, knew, I knew Blood Bowl back in, the, in its initial iteration, right. and it really didn't appeal to me. But when the new Blood Bowl came out, I had my suspicions on whether or not it would have any traction. And I got to tell you, there are people playing it at every store that I go to. Um, That's I see, true. I hear about it. I'm yeah. amazed at how many people are interested in it. I don't have any negative feeling about it because it just – I look, I'm a football guy. I love football. I played football. I I, I still nurse football injuries to this day. I'm shattering my collarbone, running back a 90-yard you know, punt return and not getting in the end zone, by the way. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of Blood Bowl. I love the idea of an orc, a gigantic orc 
you know, uh, running the ball, these little dwarves, these little short but, but wide dwarves playing a football-like game. Blood Bowl seems so much, so wacky and interesting. It's just not, I, I, it, there's only so much, so many of these games that I can be interested in. But I am thrilled that there are people out there that like that that are interested in it. I think that the, what they're doing with the box games is they're trying to find enough overlap that there's a connection with the other games, especially the core games, that they can kind of fan out, and then people can find the other interests. I also think the nice thing about providing enough of these games is that you'll appeal to different types of play styles. Shadespire is very much a a, a synergy between card and miniature gaming. Um, you look at uh, um, uh, uh, what's the game with the Tyranids and the uh, and the Terminators. Um, oh God, it's one of my favorite games, and I can't remember. Getting old sucks, guys. I'm on the verge of senility, and I can't remember this uh, name. Um, Space Hulk. There yeah. you go. Space I Hulk. Love I was just Space it was Hulk. Right, literally on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, oh. it, it's contagious. When one person has it, everybody catches it. Um, I love Space Hulk, but I, I you know, and it's and that was what I what I bought. To, that, that initially got me into getting Tyranids because I bought it and I said, oh, I can get a bunch of Gene Stealers. And then, of course, I love the game. The I think that the nice thing about these box games is that it's a, less of an investment in terms of whether you're interested in painting or not. There's less models typically. Um, there's a lot of – you're quicker to get – open the box and be able to get the stuff on the table and actually play it as opposed to building an army, which is an investment of time. Even if you're doing an escalation league or you're doing the equivalent of, of a skirmish or what is it called, kill teams, um, even right. if you're building up from a smaller smaller squad-based units into a larger game as, the, as that as being the gateway to full-on 40K or AOS – those are still the, the 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 premier games are huge investments of time, hobby time, painting if you're into painting and you don't like having full gray armies on the table, but also your terrain, you have the board, and you also have three hours typically or more if you take your time if you're not on the clock in a tournament to play those games. Playing these box games could be under an hour, and That's you true. could you yeah. get a bunch of people together I... and play four or five of them in one afternoon or evening with a bunch of friends. And right. that's the allure of it. That's what I loved about Mordheim and why I think Necromunda. Oh, I cannot wait to get my hands on Necromunda. Beer, beer and pretzels, uh, right? Beer and pretzels. There oh, you go. yeah. I haven't had a chance to actually try Shadespire yet, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Uh, I think it's going to – I mean, because Alex said you could get a game in like less than an hour. You yeah, get, we, we had we had Alex Gonzalez on uh, two shows ago, and he, he did say that. You know, that, you that's could, right. That's a good point. You could, get, you could actually get multiple games in an hour. I mean, it really uh, depends. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, because like if you look at the 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 card game out there, it's Magic, and then followed by Yu-Gi-Oh, and you know, Magic rounds are 50 minutes at you know Grand Prix or whatever, and normally 50 minutes anyway. So I mean, if you can get a game in in 30 minutes, I mean, this might take over. You know, people might move away. I don't think they would move away, but you're going to draw in like the people who don't want to paint, the people who just want to play miniatures. Right, there, there's point. there's huge markets for things like Hero Clicks, yep. which my son and I played for a while just because we love superheroes, and those are pre-painted minis. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's uh, X-Wing. You know, you yep. get. I think when you get those games that allow you to set up, play, maybe even get a second game in in an hour, but at least get that one game in with all the setup and cleanup, you could get that quick fix, and that is appealing. So if you find the game that you like. But you have friends that will, then it's it's a it's a win, and it doesn't have to be the the dominant game you play. It's kind of like the um, you know the uh, the the uh, bite size uh, you know snacks that you have when you're when you're not ready to have that full meal, which is the three hour 
you know, full-on commitment excursion. <laughs> right. right. Here's my question. I mean, are, are these are these games beginning to resemble the big bo- big box boxed war games like say Axis and Allies, Risk, or, or what, was, what was that other one, uh, Stratego? I mean, you, you don't think that they're going to get into that realm, do you? I don't know. I mean, look at look at for instance, um, Firestorm. Firestorm is a campaign setting. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's kind of like those games, but on a bigger level. But it's the game system where you got to buy the models with other game systems. You know, you have to buy your Age, Age of Sigmar or Skirmish or whatever. You have to buy the actual models to be part of it because you can build it up in in a, in a narrative sense or skirmish uh, army. You know, um, um, lists while they grow within the campaign setting. So you have a map campaign. It's very similar to other game systems. Uh, that are more board game, but they're more contained. The board games don't have uh, they don't they don't have as much long term um, uh, commitment. When you, I mean, unless of course you're playing like Risk or Axis and Allies, in which case you better leave that board there overnight if you're not done, because damn it, you're going to finish that game, right? That's a uh, that's a great point. I just <laughs> so, feel like I said I was just a question I had, so I just thought I'd ask. But what were you going to say, Sean? Hey, Pat. Uh, what about the Rumor Engine? That's yeah, we, we we got the rumor engine. So I'm gonna put this up on the screen. Good oh, good point, Sean. I almost forgot about it. So here it is. You know, this has been talked about on, on a ton of different shows, I'm sure. And and but you know, my point is I, I still can't quite figure out what this is. I mean, you know, some people thought these these were maybe scales. You can kind of see a curvature here of where this was either a neck or maybe a tentacle. Mm-hmm. Um I think someone at Bella Lost Souls references as being a uh maybe like a dragon, but this to me looks 40 K mechanical. These look a little too, these don't look organic enough for me. These look something that would be, that would almost be uh, Necron almost, if you want to know the truth. Well, I guess, uh, it could be a tentacle or a neck. It looks kind of serpentine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I really just don't sure. think it's, I don't think it's tearing it because the way the chitin as they would call it, it, it's different than that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that is, but um, it, it's uh, it, it's curious. But yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, plus two, you know that this is black and white. You know, if it's painted, it's going to be something metallic. It's probably zoomed in a hundred times, so you don't really know. You can kind of see some of the imperfections in the plastic, you know, kind of that 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 appear there. But um, yeah, I, I'm thinking this is definitely 40k. Mitch, what do you think? Um, I, you know, based on what I what I know from artwork and from the uh the aesthetic that i see in in age of sigmar i'd be very surprised but it the reason why i i want to give myself a little out on this um and that it could be an age of sigmar is because we don't know what's coming we don't know what armies are coming we don't know what the what 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 we're going to see in the first or second quarter of um of of uh 2018 and there could be something completely different uh with a lot of the rumors of new stuff that's going to be coming out but i would be inclined to think it's 40k I'd be John, inclined to think it's something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking Necron, something Necron. Yeah, I'll stick with the 40k thing. But in in uh, in in essence of time, let's uh, let's just keep rolling here. We got uh, we got the question of the day. So uh, I, I guess this is one that um, that I want to kind of pose to everyone. I and mean, this is a, we ask this we ask questions of the day every 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 show. So um, I guess I'll throw this right out here to to our guest first. You know, um, you know, Mitch. Do, you know, do you think painted armies at tournaments should be pointed apart from from the game event itself. And, and here's why I'm questioning this. My question is, and it's not because as I've always said, I paint like a one-armed drunk that just fell off a tilt-a-whirl, but <laughs> there's a lot of gamers that pay 
to have their armies painted rather than paint them themselves for these large tournaments. And, and at the cusp of, of all that, it's difficult unless you, you know the gamer or determine if, if that's his own work or not, if whether or not he painted it. And, and at major tournaments like Adepticon, et cetera, you know, you actually have to play your own game. You can't have, you can't pay someone to play it for you. And, and I think that in, in to kind of protect from that, you should have to paint your own army. What, what, yeah. what say you? Well, I have, there's a two part answer. So if you'll indulge me, I'll try to be brief because I know we have, you know, we have, you, you could be here all night if you sure. just let me talk. Sure. <laughs> um, all right. So the first thing I have to say is, um, is I, I would prefer to see part, retain part of the, uh, the point structure include the hobby aspect, meaning the people who have conversions get bonuses. If you have highly complex um, shading, uh, if you have washes and layers and you're using different techniques, whether it's uh, including things like using an airbrush or various different types of techniques that from that I've seen people like, for instance, Vince uh, Ventrello and others that are far better painters than I am. And there's, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a whole community of, of competitive painters out there. And, and I, you don't have to aspire necessarily to be like those guys, but you can learn from the things that they provide you. Part of this gaming world is the hobby aspect. And that's why I, why I have this multi-year stretch of this massive undead army that I'm converting almost entirely. I mean, there's some conversion on every model. Nothing is straight out of the box. And some of these are highly converted. That's my thing. You don't have to be that person. But it's so much more pleasing to see the army on the other side of the table, well done, well painted, you know, with, with somebody else's imagination. Um, uh, uh, and it could just be the paint job from the build, uh, from the default build. But when you're painting and when you're making your army presentable, you're almost doing it for the person on the other side of the table because you're kind of seeing the back end of your army. And they're, you know, at, at least in the initial setup stages uh, before everything kind of gets muddled and moves all around the board. But you're doing it in a lot of cases for your opponent. And I really think that that's that 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 aspect of the of the of the hobby ha has advanced over the years. It's gotten better, and I think that even if you're not a great painter, you can become a competent painter. Not even if it's not even for competition, just for yourself, for the pride you have in how cool your army looks and how much you appreciate all the work that you're doing. Because as has been said on other shows uh, that talk about this exact, exact topic. You're probably going to spend more time painting up your army than you're even going to play it in most cases. Yeah, that's not for me. I only paint when I have to go to tournaments. That's true. <laughs> so, so I guess, Sean, that's the first part. That's the first part. We got some tournaments to talk part. about here, but what, uh, Sean, what, what about you? What, I mean, do you agree okay. with that? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I kind of like, I think, no, don't get me wrong. I think if uh, someone was, you know, awarded best painted, if they didn't paint it, I don't think they should get credit for it, but I mean, I, I think it should be painted. I mean, at least social, uh, you know, show some effort. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's problem, a good point. The problem is how are you going to police it? Well, um, that's why I said maybe it should be, it should be pointed separately in a tournament, you know, like, like apart from the actual gameplay itself. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I like having it be implicated. It, it, it's what separates a lot of times the gamer it's i I don't, I don't look at the tournament as just about the game i know there are definitely is a, a, a huge faction of people that uh, that 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 feel that the the play of the game is different from the hobby aspect i'm one of those people that feel that it's 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 the whole the whole package 
and being somebody to win that Slayer Sword or you know whatever uh, the top awards are, it typically encompasses the full spectrum. And that's why you also have independent awards as well. But I think the person who is at the highest tier um, typically has it on both sides. My problem is, is how do you police it? I mean, I've been approached at, at tournaments where people have said, "Can you, you, know, you can you show me a, um, a where you used washes? Can you show me where you used blending? You know, things like that." And I've had to point and show what I did on certain models. If I can't explain that, then I'm full of shit. And yeah, well, they would they would throw me out pretty quick then. That's for sure. <laughs> but I don't mind somebody paying somebody to to paint up their army, and the reason why is somebody had to paint it. But that's my personal opinion. I know there's a lot of people out there that get really bent by somebody else paying to win. Basically, um, I wouldn't necessarily you know. call it a pay to win. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, you're you're basically buying a whole nother army a lot of times if you want a decent quality. You know, uh, sometimes you're paying more than what the army's total value is. I mean, it's just some people, you know, depending on how good you want it to look. True. I mean, I was thinking maybe. Um, you know, for tournaments, or whatever, you just get a flat score, and then it's like a if you if you have like the three color minimum, with a little you know at least attempted to do something, you get full points, and then there's a separate thing for best army where they actually judge you. Yeah, and and you know this we we can we can take this topic way down the the the, the rat hole. I think I think for me, I just was curious as to see what the what the standpoints are. But um, speaking of tournaments, we got some coming up. Um, what, uh, Sean, what, 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 what tournaments we have coming uh, up? We got two that are local, uh, two 40 K that are local that I know of. Uh, we got Grognard at, uh, in, uh, at, uh, the fourth. So this, uh, coming up Saturday and then, uh, dice dojo, uh, on the 18th. Are you, uh, Mitch, are you doing anything uh, tournament wise recently coming up? Um, I don't have anything coming up. Um, I'm actually, uh, moving, so I'm really oh. focusing on that. Um, locally, I'm not moving like you know cross country or anything, but I'm I'm moving um, you know uh, it, within my town. So uh, I'm, nice. I'm, I, I've I've kind of had to put the hobby a little bit on hold. The hobby aspect. I have 80 um, skeleton warriors, and I'm that I'm in the mid stages of painting after spending God knows how long converting them, and um, and I and I have had to put it on hold because I'm starting to pack that stuff up. But um, uh, because of that, I've I've kind of also uh, taken a step back from some of the the local tournament scene. I did win a regional GT just recently, but <laughs> that was kind of a fluke. Um, uh, but uh, I managed to bring stuff that was already painted, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I know that uh, this uh, this weekend, uh, actually starting tomorrow through the fifth, we have Holy Havoc, which is a team tournament in in Yorkville, hosted by uh, by Steve Herner. Oh, that, he puts on such a show, man! Wow. It's, it's unbelievable. He's a great guy. We actually live yeah. really close to each other. Uh, he's, wow. he's he's a heck of he's a heck of a guy. Um, also, I love, that, uh, I love that he does it. A lot of what he does is for 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 charities too. His tables are impeccable. That's the best biggest draw. I went to his show. I went to um I went to one of his. I went to Holy Wars last um the the, the last Holy Wars. And um, uh, so it was a singles event, and I met actually Tom there. I, of course, made the silly mistake at my age of driving 12 hours solo straight through. Don't ever Yikes. do that. Especially Yikes. when you have a valuable valuable army in your back, the back I, of your car. <laughs> I can only imagine. So also coming up, we've got a Necromunda release party at a games workshop uh, just outside of Chicago on November right. 24th. Uh, Polar Vortex, uh, January 26th through the 28th. Uh, that's going to be um, uh, at a college of DuPage uh, here just outside of Chicago. And uh, uh, March 22nd through 26th, of course, it's the mother of all cons. It's uh, Depticon. 
And uh, April 28th through 29th, we've got uh, the Brew City Brawl GT in, in Milwaukee. So we've got a lot of stuff that's going to carry us right well into uh, 2018. But as we uh, as we come to the close of uh, today's show, I guess I'd like to ask uh, if there's any closing thoughts from from our guests or, or from my co-host. So, so Mitch, uh, any closing thoughts before we, uh, we, we close up? Well, the first closing thought is we'll have to find a date so that we can have you on to talk about your uh, your Bray Herd lists. Thank you. Um, and um, and uh, I don't know, if, Sean, if you play AOS. I imagine you're the 40K guy. I I, I do have AOS. Oh, okay. Um, so what do you play? I'm just curious. Uh, well, I haven't really played in a while. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you have to remedy that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I think the last time I played was before Atepticon. Well, what I would say this is um, is uh, if uh, if you guys want to try to get me into 40K, I'd be happy to open up with an unlocking for uh, Tyranids when it comes out. I'm going to say done to that right now. Done. <laughs> done. You got it. Done. It's happening. Done. So He's going to need all the help we can get to beat, you know, beat his kid. Okay, but well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on uh, on you to, uh, to 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 be the expert because I don't know the mechanics of the system as well. So yeah. I'll probably uh, so, have the I'll probably have the book within uh, a week or so after it comes out. Great. Sean, hey, Mitch, just to say that Sean's got a codex thing. He 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 won't do anything without the codex. It's it's kind of a, a quirk. Prozac can't help it either. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, what about you, man? Closing thoughts. What do we got? Uh, well, uh, do your part. Uh, show some <laughs> bugs. <laughs> um but all, in all seriousness uh, uh i think nids are going to be a lot better uh yeah i agree um i think they're going to be able to be played multiple ways instead of just running hive tyrants around and shooting um i think you're going to see horde units you're going to see stuff you haven't seen on the table in years for them i'm hoping they're good yeah i think they will be um and as for me uh you know everyone out there don't forget to watch uh out uh, for more uh, unlocking videos by MC1 Gamer, and and uh, there's going to be plenty more coming up in the near future, and, and I look forward to being part of that. So, um, oh, um, uh, I know uh, Depticon, uh they should be putting out their uh, preview events uh, rather in a couple weeks, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, here a uh, week after next. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, Sean and I would like to thank uh, our guest, Mitch, uh, and our listeners Thanks, for, for another great show. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you all back next time when we discuss all things related to dice, dragons, demons, and dwarves in the 40K and AOS world. So please don't forget to join us next Thursday at uh, 730 Central. And as always, uh, please don't forget to uh, give our channel a like uh, or subscribe. And if you haven't already done so, uh, please go ahead and do that. So with that, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. <laughs> Bye. See ya. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game.
Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.